the biggest stories from the pages of the London Free Press and LFPress.com. This is the London Free Press Podcast with your host, Craig Needles. Another episode of the London Free Press Podcast. Welcome to the podcast once again. As you heard, I am Craig Needles, your host, and I want to talk about what's going on in the rental markets in London right now. And Jonathan Juha has written a couple of pieces about that on lfpress.com and in the pages of the London Free Press. He joins us on the podcast to talk about that today. He, of course, is a reporter with the Free Press. Hello, Jonathan. Thank you for this. Thank you, uh, Greg. Thank you for having me. Uh, let's first get into what's going on in the properties in and around Western University. And your piece on LFPress.com, the, the headline is Western Rental Hesitancy Driving Up London Vacancy Rate. And clearly in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic, a whole lot of things are going to be different than they normally would. How is it impacting the rental market? Yeah, well, basically for, for, for Western is, uh, you have to look at it from uh, two different per- perspectives. Uh, the first one is uh, the one from the students who um, they don't know yet how classes are going to be like uh, next year. So uh, there's a lot of uh, students who are hesitant about committing to a full year contract, uh, thinking that perhaps their classes will have to stay online uh, the entire um, both semesters kind of thing. So that's obviously impacting the uh, speed at which um, units that are destined for students are filling up right now. Obviously, this is sort of like the busiest time for landlords. That's when students start looking around and trying to lock in their contracts for the units for that start in May kind of thing. So they have a space ready for when school starts in, in the fall. But that process has been a little bit slower. It's not to say that it has uh, completely stopped or that students are not showing interest because they always have that pressure. Like if you don't act fast, then you may not find a place or mm-hmm. you may find a place that is not what you really want. Maybe it's not close enough to Western or you don't get to, you know, stay with with, with your bodies and your friends kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's there's still a lot of interest from students. It's just like they're not quite sure what to do, whether to pull the trigger on signing a contract and getting the space or try to wait a little bit as to what uh, the university uh, decides. So that has led to a vacancy rate. And again, these numbers that are provided by the CMHC, these are based on what was happening last year. And um, the the vacancy rate jumped to 5.9% from 1.8, which is a significant, it's a big jump right there. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, still has to we'll still have to wait and see what the university decides whether that has a bigger impact because talking to landlords they say well if western announces that classes are going to be in person then the interest is going to go um, up right away it's not like there are not enough students that there's not demand it's just that aspect of whether a student wants to pay a full year of rent if at the end of the day all their classes are going to be online yeah, and it's uh, it's a good question. If this can be done remotely, why can't I stay at home with mom and dad or live in the town that I normally would? Why am I going to rent a second place in London? So it's a it, it, it's a good question. Just one of the uh, the the hidden aspects of the COVID nineteen pandemic, as far as how it's impacting people in all sorts of different walks of life and all sorts of different ways. Yeah, and and here's where it's going to be tricky because I don't think Western University uh, will be able to make a decision. way in advance i guess it's going to have to be done fairly close to the start of classes and again Mm -hmm. students have that pressure that i want to get a good place now talking to landlords they still say that there's this big group of students who regardless they want to have that university experience and they want to stay at home away from their parents and and you know enjoy a little bit of 
the social aspect of, of the years at school. So there, there's still the group that, you know what, regardless of what happens, uh, if the classes go online or not, they're still trying to find a place, rent it out and, and stay with the friends kind of thing. But that's going to be, I don't think many people have the luxury of sort of like waiting to see what Westerns decide because that decision could come a month before uh, the start of the term. Who knows what the pandemic is going to be mm-hmm. like in, in, in a few months. We don't know the rollout of the vaccine kind of thing. So it, the pandemic for every aspect of our lives sort of like remains the, a wild card. Depending on how the pandemic goes, then things will sort of like uh, play out differently kind of thing as well. Yeah. Wildcard's a, a, a good term for it. And, and I know that some people might be listening to us right now, Jonathan, say, well, why doesn't Western just make a decision? I think they'd be irresponsible to make a decision either way right now. Either, yes, we are having in-person classes in the fall, or no, we aren't. There's just a whole lot more information that needs to happen by then. Plus, there's a scenario, of course, where they say, hey, we're not going to have in-person classes in September, but October, November, December, we will. So that's a possible outcome here as well. They just shouldn't be making that call right now because we simply don't know enough about how this pandemic is going to go how the vaccine rollout is going to go to make an informed decision about something happening in September here in February, right? Yeah, exactly. And and, and I guess if they were to make a decision right now, you would find people uh, mad about it, regardless of what the decision yep. was, because again, it would be like trying to guess what September is going to be like. And if everything is, let's say, closer to back to normal and, and everything goes well with the rollout of the vaccine, then they're going to be, why do you decide not to have the classes in person? And it could be the other way if they decide to commit to it and then the cases are still high, things hopefully will improve. But if they're not better, then uh, it's it's very difficult, very, very, very difficult for them. Regardless of what the decision is going to be, there's one aspect that will definitely will continue to be an impact. And that's the number of international students who are actually going to be coming to London uh, next year. That Obviously, that can still change. But uh, as things are right now, there are a lot of restrictions on um on people who can enter the country. Um, the last few years, you know, the federal government had big, uh, ambitious uh, immigration targets. Those numbers, the number of people coming into Canada, newcomer, international students, those numbers are very low right now, obviously because of the restriction caused by the pandemic. So that will still be uh, a number of students that are still potentially going to create the vacancy rate to remain either at where it is right now or even to go higher a little bit. Uh, but again, it's, it's impossible to predict what's going to happen over the next few months. But that's a group that has been where you're seeing talking to landlords where they're seeing the biggest drop in interest because of obvious reasons. Yeah, yeah, that's uh that's another thing that's kind of folded into what's going on in the business as a whole. And you wrote last week about London's apartment vacancy rate, which is hitting an eight-year high of 3.4%. This, of course, also in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic. What are those figures telling us, and and why did we get to 3.4%? So it's also the result, like, I know it sounds like we're repeating things, but it's also (laughs) the result of of the pandemic. Again, first point, it's it's immigration, which, again, it's very low right now. Mm -hmm. So you don't have not only international students, but you don't have either... um, uh, new newcomers, yeah. uh, new families, whoever it is. Re- yep. Political refugees, all that yep. group that come to become Canadians, kind of thing, like permanent residents. So the number of people coming into the country and coming into London is low right now. So obviously that you don't need as many units. And the other aspect of this is construction in London has been strong. I mean, like the demand for rental units has been strong over the last, let's say, five years at least. 
And then obviously developers saw that and they picked out on that and then they started to build projects and apartment buildings and things like that. But what happens with the market, with the rental market is it's not like a building can be built in one day, right? Mm-hmm. It, there's a lagging effect between when a project starts, it's completing and, and it having an impact on rents in the city. What the pandemic has allowed is as the number of newcomers reduces and also the, the number of people coming from other regions, like from the GTA um, and in other parts of Ontario looking for a more affordable uh, place to live, is it has allowed sort of like those units to hit the market and give sort of like renters a little bit of a breathing room in the sense that they're not being filled as they're hitting the market kind of thing. So with the fewer people coming into the city, now what we're seeing is that the units that are being built are actually available and there's more room for people to sort of like decide um, where or when to move kind of thing. Um, there are still some other pressure points. Uh, the, the housing market is one of them with with prices going so high right now. Actually, today just um, the numbers came out that uh, the average resale price for a home hit $600,000 for the first time. Mm-hmm. What happens is, is that keeps people who are perhaps trying to save to buy a house longer into their units. So the turnover rate between one apartment becoming available because someone buys a house, it takes longer as people save up and try to come up with the money for a down payment and find the place. So that also impacts um, the vacancy rate and how quickly units are becoming available. And obviously when, when you have that tight demand, prices go up which we have seen over the last few years but now the pandemic is starting to sort of like soften that demand giving some breathing room to people and prices sort of like showed their first sign of weakening last december with prices going up for the first time in months because up to this point in the pandemic almost a year after uh, prices had continued to, to to go up just because of that big demand for for units in london People may not know this just because a lot of the folks who listen to this podcast may have been out of the rental market for a long time. They own a house or perhaps they've been living in the same spot for a long time. So they're not uh, subject to the same uh, ebbs and flows of the market as, as people who've been moving regularly. But like, what is the general price for a, a one bedroom unit right now in the, in the city of London for a monthly rate? So right now, according to this website that I follow, uh, they, they sort of like promote their own uh, units, but they track the data of what it's available out there. And for a one bedroom unit, uh, rentals.ca uh, sort of like pegs that price at about 1100 kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And for two bedrooms, it's almost 1600 Wow. And that that is, uh, that is 200 $300 more than someone who perhaps was in a contract or has been in a contract for the last five years. That's how much prices have gone up in the in the in the last few years also what happens is right now is when the demand was so high even a unit that used to be rented for let's say a hundred dollars a month it's vacated and then it's renovated and it hits the market now again but at a higher price because it's sort of like trying to match what the other rents are out there so prices have continued to go up have continued to go up for the last few years because we had seen that vacancy rate at historic lows, around 2%, staying around that area, 1. 1.8, 2.1, 1.8 over the last few years, obviously a sign of big demand for housing in, in the city. And even the, the units that were being built were not keeping up with that demand sort of thing. So I, I guess the positive side could be that the pandemic is perhaps, again, with fewer people uh, moving into London and the London region, that will give, continue, give some time for the, the units that are being built to hit the market and that perhaps once there are enough units available and the demand is sort of like met, prices will follow that trend and then start to slowly go down perhaps. 
it may take a while though. Like talking to some analysts, they said that sort of like reducing rents is their last approach right. when they're facing vacancy. They, they, they can rely to other things like offering a one month uh, free of rent or two months kind of thing or other perks and, and, and include other uh, goodies into the contract kind of thing before they actually have to uh, lower the, the, the rent uh, prices. But th- there was a point talking to, to, to landlords that a, a unit would hit the market and then it would be rented out like in one or two days. Like the, the number of people asking for that unit was so high that they didn't have any issue filling the spaces at all. Yeah, and I suppose that uh, they may feel that it's not necessarily the time to, to decrease prices for a variety of reasons, as you just uh, explained. So uh, don't necessarily expect that uh, $1,100, that $1,600 to be uh, sinking like a stone anytime soon, even if you see the vacancy rate a little bit higher than it normally would be. Yeah, because I guess I guess at the end of the day, everyone is sort of like, you know, wait and see mode, mm-hmm. uh, thinking that once the pandemic uh it's 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 over or we go back to something that's closer to normal like immigration numbers pick up again kind of thing that the demand will still be there right so they're sort of like waiting for this um slow down in the road to to pass and then maybe the demand will pick up again and there will be not needed uh for prices to go down dramatically that's sort of like my guess of the sense that i get because again london has been growing over the last few years both from an immigration perspective and people moving from other areas of, of Ontario, because as high as prices are here, if you compare them both for rents and for, for housing, if you compare them to any city like east of us, Hamilton, Kitchener, Waterloo, Toronto, obviously, we're just very affordable in comparison. So that's a, that's a big selling point for a lot of people um, in these sort of like uncertain times as well. Good to know. Well, we'll have to uh, uh, leave it right there just because the, the the clock is working against us. Jonathan, uh, our conversations always go incredibly fast, it seems. So thank you very much for uh, explaining both those stories for us. If you want to take a read, uh, I'll go to lfpress.com and uh, you can find them there. Jonathan, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you, Craig. That's Jonathan Juha, London Free Press reporter, joining us here on the London Free Press podcast, which, of course, you can subscribe to on Spotify, on Stitcher, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all the places you might normally get your podcast. Plus, find us on YouTube and on lfpress.com. All the time we have for this episode, more of the London Free Press podcast coming next week. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for listening, rather, to today's edition. 